Hey Night Owls, welcome to Isn't It Past Your Bedtime. I'm Krista. And I'm Rachel. And this episode, we have a super fun topic called Nordic Noir. I just like the way it sounds, Nordic yeah. Noir. Yeah, I had no idea what it really was when we picked it. And then turns out that it's Scandinavian crime thriller that is dark as all hell. Like Pretty much. Yeah, like I guess to be considered that, you have to be like dark, dark, which mine was expected to be so dark like I honestly didn't I don't know what I thought I think Nordic Noir sounds like a little bit like mysterious sure but like also more like romantic so I guess mm-hmm. I kind of thought it was maybe going to be a little lighter yeah it was not but yeah I didn't expect it to be like I was like okay whatever like crime thriller like sure murder whatever. right that's fine I read a lot of that but like how graphic in detail they went into some of these things. I was just like, oh my gosh. But so. they're all, both of ours are translated too, right? Mm-hmm. So I wonder, and is that part of the definition is like that they're translated. So like they weren't written in English. So I wonder I think, if that part of it's just like a style. Yeah. My guess would be probably since I think, to, I mean, right. Cause if they're Scandinavian true crime, right. or not true it crime, would but be just crime. Very translated. Yeah. yeah. Very likely it'd be translated over. Yeah, I would I would be curious, though, if other like Scandinavian authors who don't write Nordic noir specific genre stuff are also graphic in their descriptions, because like you can be graphic with other things. Like, I wonder if it's just a language thing. It's just like the way they describe things is very yeah. descriptive. Yeah, I wonder. Maybe we'll have to try another one sometime. Yeah, I am yeah. curious. I was thinking about it like along the way. I was like, I wonder if everyone's like this or if this guy is just like particularly. Because yeah, um... if it was other people that were also this graphic, but maybe just not of like these kinds of dark scenes that mm-hmm. could be really good too i would love a very graphically described like imagery mm-hmm. like i can imagine like use those word smithing skills and other <laughs> applications maybe not yeah. that i didn't like it not that i didn't like it it was just a little more graphic than i expected yeah so i'm just gonna jump in so i read the girl with the dragon tattoo by Stieg larson i think that's how you say his first name um it came out I think maybe it came out like in the translated version in 2012 or something like that like it's not recent it feels like forever ago definitely older of a book and it's a trilogy and I think they moved it into a movie so mm-hmm. there we are so it is set obviously it's like Scandinavia so it's set over actually I don't know for sure exactly where this one's set it's in a couple different places where they talk about different places I suppose um but either way, so how this one starts, there's like a prologue and there's this like really old guy. He's like 82. It's his birthday. And he gets in the mail a like pressed flower that's in kind of like a handmade shadow box. And there's no return post. And he's like, and he knew it was coming. And he calls up this other really old guy who they share the same birthday. And this old guy is expecting the phone call. So you're like, okay, that's kind of weird. Where's this going? So apparently for the past like 40 some odd years this guy has been having a flower mailed a pressed flower mailed to him on his birthday always arriving exactly on his birthday from like a variety of different places and the person he's calling is this like detective guy who used to be like a head detective um where they are which I can't I'm totally blanking on and of course I didn't write it down it really doesn't honestly matter like exactly where what city they're in or anything like that um and like they have no idea who is doing this and he the reason that he also cares one that's just kind of odd but then what it is is that his niece the guy who got the flower um what is his name henrik i think i think that's henrik um his niece was like he thinks murdered 40 years ago but she's gone 
up and vanished. He's convinced murdered, not, and there's like a whole reasons that I'll get into. And he the thinks thing that, presumed dead. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. And he is convinced that it is the person who killed her, Henrietta. No. Harriet. Harriet. Sorry. Uh, he is convinced that it's the person who killed Harriet who has been taunting him by sending him these pressed flowers every year. Because like when she was 12 or 10, because she went missing at 12. Like that's what he she got for his birthday for like every year from like maybe like eight to 12. So he's like convinced that like some debacle person like for 40 years has just been like haunting him with this. That'd be awful. Yeah. So that's how it starts. And so then we jump into the actual story. So the main story is about this guy, Mikhail, Mikhail, Michael. It'd be Michael and R in like America. I'm going to mess up the pronunciation, but he is a financial journalist and he has just been convicted guilty of libel and slander of this guy, Vesterstam, Venestam, Venestam. Yeah, the names so, are so hard. Also, I feel it's, it. It's spelled with a W, pronounced with a V. So either way, so basically what happened is that like he was out of town on like vacay or something like that. And this guy that he like knew in college he like runs into him and this guy's like oh my gosh yeah him like he totally like mismanaged funds he got like all this money from the government to like help build these like this um these businesses in this town and he did but really it only cost like 60,000 krona and he got like a million oh. krona so it's like where's the rest of the money and he's like convinced me he's like but you can't like you can't tell anybody that I'm the person who told you this da 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 and so um Michael goes with this and he like so he is um he like also is a co-owner of a magazine uh, that's where he's like posting his uh financial journalism stuff and so like him and like his business partner they're like well yeah obviously we're gonna like run with this and so they run with it and like get sued for libel and slander and probably a couple other things and so he's just been convicted and he has to pay like one and a half million kroner and three months in jail but also a kroner. he never put, really put up a fight. Like he never in like when it came to it, he never told his side of the story. He never refuted anything that they said at the trial. So you're just, yeah, exactly. So you're like, okay, something obviously changed from the time that you found out this information, you ran the story, something changed. What was it? So we don't really know. And so that's how it starts. And then at the same time, we're also jumping to another person's perspective, um, Isabel Salander, Salander, who is the girl with the dragon tattoo. That's her. Um, she is like 24 and she is kind of like a PI type. So she ends up now she's a freelancer for this guy who has like kind of like a private investigative firm sort of thing. And like she is the best of the best like her reports are perfectly written and like so well researched like she's finding out information that she's like he's like how in the world like nobody else could ever find this kind of information it's always accurate she's never been wrong um but she also is just kind of like really odd like he was like she like he's like he won't she won't tell me anything about what's going to be the report until she like drops it on my desk and she'll say you know here it is 
he's like and then turns out that this person's a pedophile and has like done all these terrible things and he was like you would never know it'd just be the same as if she was reporting on some tiny little old grandma lady who hasn't done a single thing wrong in her whole entire life he's like you have no idea with her like and he had originally like tried to bring her on well actually the whole reason that he even like hired her a couple years ago was that like a buddy of his was like knows her because she is kind of a ward of the state that's not really what it is but she has like a guardianship like a government guardianship because when as a child her mom wasn't like super great and helpful um and so she's like gone through the system basically and they the government has decided that like she isn't well enough to manage her own money like she's not all there she can't oh, manage her she's funds 24 but got it yeah so it started when she so she got kind of put on this like guardianship when she wasn't before she was 18 and then when she turned 18 they were like yep nope you still have to do it but it was fine because the the guardian that she had before he was like you realize that like she's super smart she can hold down a job she can pay her own rent and so he was just like yep i'm gonna like gave her full access to all of her money whatever she wanted and he was like they just had to meet like every couple months or he had to like she having a thing was like if i call answer the phone hashtag free britney yeah because yeah, yeah exactly yeah because so he has to like write a report every single month and turn it in right and so he's like i need to like have something but like and so she was like okay that's fine like so she wouldn't fight it because it's like every couple of years or something like that like or maybe every year it like kind of goes up for review i have to see if like, it's not like super closely monitored or anything she yeah. just has it's like having a po it sounds like like a probation yeah. officer <laughs> yeah and so she was just like check in yeah and she was like whatever like i don't care like he's he's great um and so he was the one who like told her boss was like no you should like really give her a chance and things like weren't great at first because like she's weird and she comes in at like odd hours she doesn't want to make small talk with people like all these things um but then she like did some report or something she was like give me like three days and it's like this great report so he was like okay and then decided like hey how about we actually have you freelance because i can't like have you on as a full-time employee like the other employees are getting like weird about the fact that you're only you're working these weird hours but they can't um so um, like how we get introduced to her is that she had been like hired or like given the job to like look into michael mikhail and but then all of a sudden so she like does that and she like reports back to whatever old guy because like the old this the person who hired the firm like wanted to talk to her specifically and like the boss guy was like that's not what we do like i'll just tell you what's in the report and he's like no i want to hear it from her so she's like this is just weird okay whatever and she like shows up in like her leather and fishnets and tattoos and piercings Gosh. and whatever yeah and she's like i don't fucking care and so she like tells them all like everything that's like in her findings it's like literally written into her report she like retells it all and they're like okay da 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 and then she's like yeah like the venerstrom she was like i didn't look like too much into it because like that's not what i'm getting paid to do um but like he did it he like libel slander all those things whatever whatever and then they were like okay like could you look into it like what like did you see like just for funsies could you see like what actually happened there and she's like okay yeah sure and then like three days later she gets a call and she's like oh they canceled on the job don't worry about it she's like okay that's really weird but she can't like shut off so obviously she keeps investigating it which comes into play way later in the books like, i'm not gonna tell you anything about what she found okay. um but then we jump back to my mccall and it's like literally like it'll be paragraph to paragraph you just like jump in this person that person this person so like for the first half of the book i'm like how in the world are these two storylines going to come together because they're always going to come together why else are they in this damn book how is it going to happen 
so uh, Kyle is basically like so he just they decide him and his business partner decide that he's gonna step down from as CEO for like a little bit you know he's got to do his jail time anyways so maybe he'll just like step down kind of step away from the magazine um because like their name the whole magazine is kind of getting thrown through the mud too which is really unfortunate um and after the and he's like already decided this so he like goes back to his office he's cleaning out some of the stuff that he's gonna need and he gets a phone call from this guy and he's like hey like my boss wants to talk to you and he was like yeah no like i'm not working right now and he's like no he wants to talk to you like it'll i'll pick you up at this one like we'll make it worth your while just for like the day meeting whatever so like pick him up drive him to this random ass secluded fucking place and he's like okay fine i'll listen to this old man's story i'm gonna catch the afternoon train bus home whatever and so he's like you have 45 minutes to tell me your spiel and it's the old guy who got the flowers and he's like okay he's like but you have to listen to my whole story like i have a whole story um he does end up listening to the whole story which goes long into the night and so he clearly misses the afternoon train and he misses the evening train so he has to stay there overnight which they had already planned on like the old people had already planned on but basically what he's saying is that 40 years ago there his niece went he believes murdered and he says why so it was like during the summer there's all like all these family it ends up being like 43 people that are on this island and there had been like a parade and all these things. And then there had been a truck accident, like a, ga- a gas truck had hit a car on this bridge and it had taken like six to eight hours to like get the people out, get it all cleared up, make the bridge passable. And so wow. nobody noticed in that time that she had disappeared. And when they did notice that she, cause it was like finally dinner time that was like super postponed cause it was like Christmas Eve or something like that too. Um, oh. and so by the time they realize that they're like okay like where are you at like and they're not like too worried about it because like whatever where is she gonna go it's this tiny island but then the next morning they're like okay she's still not here so at this point they think that like maybe she was like fallen in a ditch and broken her leg or something like nobody is thinking like oh she's been murdered or kidnapped or anything terrible because right. the only way off the island is literally by boat but it's or i guess it's september it's not december yet it's december when it's christmas when he's telling the story that's why I had Christmas oh, got in my it. Head. but so it's like the end of September and so it's like well it's cold as all hell like the water like if she falls in that water like it's, she'll die if she goes in the water basically so she's not going to swim across they checked every single boat all the like the rowboats were exactly where they were supposed to be and so like literally like the old guy is like going through being like this is why I don't think she ran off like also like if she was like killed here we would have found her body by now like one has been oh, 40 yeah. years too like he brought in all kinds of like search people and search dogs and all these things. And they went grid by grid, checked the whole island and the island's like not too big. So they're yeah. Like, and it's an island. So it's like, you would find it. Yeah. So they're like, we would have found her body. He was like, well, that's what I'm convinced. Somebody either murdered her or kidnapped her. And then, cause it wasn't until like, cause he was like, he was like, literally could have been sometime the next day when the bridge is cleared and they are that they could have like put her in the back of a car and right. driven her off the island. Like nobody is expecting her dead or kidnapped at this point. So nobody's like, stressing about the fact that people are leaving the island like they're not worried about that yet it's not that hard to drug and kidnap somebody okay if you really wanted to do it you could do it yeah exactly and they're just like thinking like oh she's just like off hiding playing with a friend whatever like they're not worried like oh she's been murdered that's why we need to be so sketched out right now 
that's such like a small town like mentality though too you know yeah. what I mean like you find that a lot in like small towns or island communities just because like there's not a lot of crime usually everyone knows everybody so it's mm-hmm. unusual so I'm not surprised that that was yeah. the attitude but like me yeah. being a city person is that's <laughs> not what my attitude would be I'd be like I haven't seen my child in 12 minutes what the hell <laughs> like, well it's also like it was like the 60s or the 70s or something like that too oh so, so like, yeah even more so there's yeah, just like exactly. no urgency yeah. yeah like that's not their first thought that's not instantly where they're gonna go And so, um, so Michael is basically just like, okay, like you've told me your story. What the hell do you want me to do about it? And he was like, I want you to, he's like, it's twofold. He's like, one, I want you to write like my autobiography about my family. Um, and he was like, but I also want you to investigate this, her like missing murder or whatever. And he was like, I have all this stuff. He's like, but I want fresh eyes. And he's like, like, he's like, I'm going to die eventually. I'm 82. Like, this is my last chance to figure out like what really happened to her. Um, and he's going to give him like a million kroner or something like that. And he was like, I'll also like be a member of like uh, millennium, which is the newspaper, or the magazine. He was like, I'll become like a board member of that. And like, give you all a whole bunch of money because like all, like all the ads are being pulled out of this because of this whole, like Benerstrom thing. Cause he's also kind of playing dirty and like taking, their advertisers away and stuff like that um so he's like I can like help you out there he's like you'll do this you'll stay and he's like also like by the time like eventually you gotta go do your jail time yo like you can just keep doing that and so he's like okay yeah fine I'll do it whatever and so he basically spends like the next year on this island like reading through all the police reports going through all the pictures like trying to interview as many people as he can but like a lot of people are just like they don't want to talk to him because they're just like can like it's been 40 years like we don't care anymore like he this it's an old man's obsession like let's just move on with our lives like she's gone she's dead whatever um so accepting yeah yeah so um but i mean also then you find out like the family as a whole is kind of like fuckered up like they're Mm -hmm. not all great people um He's and probably winners. Like, yeah. And so like, once you've learned about them, you're like, okay, I see why like, you don't actually care that your daughter up and vanished basically like, Still sad, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there are two stories. So their storylines do eventually come up together, which that's not even a spoiler. Cause if you couldn't figure out that that was going to happen on your own, I can't help you. Um, and once they finally do kind of line up, the story picks up a lot more. Um, I felt like it was kind of slow in the beginning because you're just like what is going on like I don't understand what anything is happening Um, that's like about halfway through is when it starts to get like really really dark Uh, trigger warnings for the book rape sexual assault murder I already said that and uh, incest and it's very graphic Um, we know all the things that happened to these people Um, maybe not necessarily all the things that happened in the murder because whether she was murdered or not obviously I won't tell you but like there's not a lot of like body choppering off type thing oh no that's not true I lied no it is bodies are burned and things like that I take it all back uh yeah it's it's really violent uh the more that I'm real remembering that some things happened um also attack on cats so there's that Uh, also animal abuse gosh the list goes on yeah as i was saying like oh no it's fine other than that they all came flooding back to me um but i mean i do like the book i'm giving it four stars i did switch journey i switched to listening from reading which i think helps because like 
some of the names are kind of hard like figuring out how to pronounce them and like the places and they have a lot of like vowels with little stuff over the top of I don't know how the chapters have like dates and stuff because I know you jumped back and forth okay Mm -hmm. I wonder I was thinking about this earlier when I was listening because my chapters had the dates right Mm -hmm. when you listen to it do you find the dates easy to track Nope, I have no idea what days are saying. I can only track it if I'm reading it. If yeah. I'm reading it, it's not a problem. But when I'm mm-hmm. listening to it, I literally, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So maybe but it's just a listening issue. The dates didn't, like, all they really did the dates was just to let you know that the year is progressing. Because, yeah. I mean, like okay. I said, it's literally him sitting in this cabin doing this research for, like, a good chunk right. of the book. And it needs, like, we need to jump three months at some point in time to move okay. on. Um, but we weren't going, like back like we weren't going back in time at any point in time uh, the only things when we were learning about the past is it was because somebody was telling us about the past um, got it yeah we were never like okay it wasn't like a memory that we're going back to or anything it's just somebody explaining it um okay. I don't think I liked it enough that I would read the next two books because I don't Fair. know what they would do with the next book like how this book ended which it ended very well I did not see like it coming like what happened to Harriet I didn't see it coming um on two fronts like they got one and I was like oh, okay yeah I didn't see that coming and then another thing happens and I was like oh oh damn I really didn't see that happening um so that was really good I liked that. that a lot yeah so the ending was good there was those nice little twists in there um but yeah kind of four stars overall like it was good the uh narrator was really good I liked them um but yeah I just with how it ended I feel like the next book in the series is going to be more standalone, but like okay. it can't because it's called the Millennium Series. So it all has to kind of revolve around the magazine, right? Yeah. And so I just don't know how they're going to, where they would take it. And I don't think that I liked it enough to want out. to know, yeah, to know where the story goes next. But I would say Watch the movies. Yeah, you could probably, oh, that must be really dark. I wonder how much they would put into that of yeah. things that happened. I don't know. I think the movies are American made too. I don't Probably. think they're translated. Yeah. I don't know for sure now that I know that it, the book is translated. I don't know for sure. Yeah, I don't know either. I didn't. I didn't think to even look at the hmm. the movie part of it. But I would. But say the, it does sound like the the movie might be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I might give it a shot. I would say the first book is definitely worth a read or a listen. Okay. So, all right, and it nice. wasn't too terribly long. I think it was like a ten. 12 hour listen maybe i don't know i listened that's... at a pretty quick speed so i don't know yeah that's sure, not but... bad okay all right solid nice pick i was wondering how that one was gonna go because i have not watched or read mm-hmm. this i had no context really other than like what the cover looked like yeah same i think that was the other one of the other things with that is that a lot of time i kind of like know what the book's gonna be about maybe but like mm-hmm. nothing because even like the back of the book is just like something happened to harriet a long time ago and now this guy is gonna investigate it you're like okay okay what does that have anything to do with the girl with the dragon tattoo yeah i feel like a lot of it's not really around like focused around her and i feel like they only mentioned like twice in the book that she also has a dragon tattoo like she has a lot of tattoos like six tattoos maybe they take a good chunk of real estate on her tiny little body because she only weighs 90 pounds she's a tiny little thing um i feel like she's the focal point though no it really didn't like she was like a strong side character and like in the second half she does become more important and things could not be figured out without her like literally they managed okay. to figure out all of this stuff because of her and her knowledge and her skills and abilities and mm. stuff like that um but yeah and then yeah it just seems weird that she's the title of the book and 
Yeah. Well, I guess I'll have to watch the movie and see if that tracks for the movie too. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe they maybe they make her yeah make her more important. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Interesting. Well, the one that I picked is also televised, but it's a show. I have not watched the show, although it has been on my list. Um, it's translated. The show is so usually those ones. I find that I need to like sit and watch them. They're not like, I can't watch them in the background because like, I like to look at the captions too because I kind of want to get like a better idea of what they're actually trying to talk about because usually with the translated ones, the words that come out of their mouth don't match the captions. And sometimes they give you like a totally different idea of what the, the character is like trying to say. Yeah. So it's interesting. I don't know how exactly they do that other than I know that when they do like the voiceover, they try to like match the words a little bit to the lips so that yeah. it doesn't look like super weird. So they change some of the words, but sometimes it drastically changes what the character is trying to say. Mm -hmm. So I like to watch them when they're translated like that. So yeah. I have not actually seen it. Um, some of you may have, I mean, it's been out for a couple of years now, I think. <laughs> so I chose the chestnut man by someone whose name I'm absolutely going to butcher. And I'm so sorry. I looked <laughs> it up and I clicked play on the little pronunciation thing a lot of times, but still nothing not work out. Yeah, no. I'll do the English version. Um, so his name is Soren Spicestrip. Spicestrip. Soren Spicestrip. Soren Spicestrip. Yeah, it's a know. lot. I feel like that's like a, like almost like a back of the mouth gleeking. Spicestrip. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'm so <laughs> sorry, Soren. Um, <laughs> I enjoyed the book. Uh, it also, I'm before I even start, I'm just going to go with trigger warning. Same thing for everything Krista said. It was very graphic. It was bloody. There was sexual assault. There was child abuse. There was bodily mutilation. They were very descriptive with corpses. I'm just going to say that the Danish are very descriptive people. Yeah. <laughs> That's just what I'm going to go with. So, um, it dumped, it jumped around a lot, honestly. So I'm going to do my best to give you like the gist of what the story was about without giving away anything, um, which is always a real big challenge. I feel like I've yeah. picked some like really complicated ones lately with like a lot of characters and a lot mm -hmm. of jumping around. So like, when do I pick myself an easy one? When does that happen? Uh, 2022. Yes. Next year. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Okay. So there are a couple of prologues to the story, um, basically setting the scene that in 1989, there was a murder that is graphic right off the bat and i'm not even going to go into the details but in 1989 there is a murder and at the murder scene there is a tiny little chestnut man so that's what the chestnut man is referring to so it's literally a little doll made out of chestnuts oh so i guess it's like a danish thing apparently it's like based around this old nursery rhyme where chestnut man isn't like the original wording but it's some sort of like fruit or vegetable or legume basically where it's like something man like apple man but like the kids when they sing this nursery rhyme they just like change out like chestnut man apple man whatever or they like change out what the name is so like mm -hmm. it can have has a bunch of different um, meanings but I guess there's a lot of chestnuts in the area I I don't know um <laughs> they said that they were close to Denmark Denmark yeah, because one of the characters later was like, we're not anywhere near Denmark. So I'm pretty sure Denmark <laughs> is where that they're located. They don't make it very clear. Mm -hmm. But I think some of that was me trying to grapple with how many characters there were and the fact that I didn't quite understand half the words they were saying for the first half. Yeah, it makes it like, harder. Who to, is who? Yeah, it makes it a lot harder to be like, I think that's also why I kind of forgot what city because I was like, okay, I don't know how to pronounce it. And I just moved on. It wasn't like a big deal. I was just like, whatever. Yeah. I'm just trying to follow what the story is happening. So 
there uh, is a prologue about that. And then it's interesting because right after the prologue, there's like another like quick little segment and it's a man that they don't tell you who it is, but he's basically torturing somebody. So after the murder, there's a, there's a torture that is clearly in the future. And I don't remember <laughs> right if that's clear, um, but basically he's like telling somebody that he's doing this because of something that they've done. And the lady is like, oh, I don't know what I've done. And he's like, yes, you do. And he whispers it to her. And then she understands. Like, so basically this whole thing is like leading up to like somebody did something to cause this to happen. And so we're trying to figure out like who did what and then who is continuing the cycle, basically. It's very complicated. So after those little creepy prologues, the main story is about, um, I guess there's like, I don't know, like six or seven main characters. It's just it's complicated because it jumped back and forth, like not even within the chapter, like you were saying, just like paragraph to paragraph. It'd be like, they're doing this, they're doing this, they're doing this. I was like, yeah. oh my God. It's so hard to follow. Like it's fine it's enough so to follow, hard. but you're just like, what? Yeah. Yeah. Mine would be like two sentences of another character and then we're back to yeah. the main character. And I was just like, what is happening? Yeah. So sometimes I had no idea where people were. Like, I know that they told me what day it was, but I'm like, wait, who was doing what, where, why were they there again? Like, so like I said, you're going to get the gist. The gist of it is that um, one of the ministers in wherever I just said they were, I don't know. Near Denmark. Near Denmark. Yeah, sure. One of the ministers, um, Rosa, is coming back to work, basically. So Rosa's daughter went missing about a year ago and they never found a body, but she is presumed dead. Somebody confessed to murdering her and is in jail serving time for it. So about a year after this whole ordeal happens to her family where, you know, they're trying to find the daughter, they're trying to figure out what happened, they have to go through the trial, she's not working. Um, but they decided to call her back in to work because I think the prime minister needed something. He basically like wasn't doing super well with polls and that kind of stuff. So they wanted to bring her in. So Rosa's platform essentially, and one of the reasons that she got elected, um, or I think they, yeah, that's why. So she got elected to be minister because she like basically ran on this like child protection platform, which is really important to like the whole thing about the story, like the base reasoning. So as an adult, Rosa has spent all of her adult professional life trying to prevent children from being abused, essentially. And like that includes taking children away from homes that they're not fit to be in, which obviously can upset people. Right. So uh, her first day back, she gets a very terrifying like letter email from somebody who has taken like pictures of her daughter whose Facebook page had been taken down over a year ago. And like so they would have had to play the long game here. Right. This entire thing is a long game. Um, so somebody cut out pictures of her daughter from her Facebook page, like tiny little pictures of her and then like posted them. And then they sent her Rosa this email on her first day freaking back. And it was like your next slut. Oh, yeah. It's not a great like, start. To the what the heck? <laughs> so her first day back, literally like all of the security is trying to run around, like I'm trying to figure out like, who could this be? Um, she has like an uh, enhanced security. Like she has somebody that has been like watching their family and that kind of thing, but they think that they have the murderer, right? It's just like kind of weird that she's still been getting these death threats. So she just kind of writes it off. She's like, we have the murderer, like I'm assuming this is just like a loon who wants attention. Like we've seen that before where people are just attention seeking and they want to insert themselves into things. Right. Um, it's just that there were some things about this that were particularly suspicious. So like she doesn't drive herself around at all. So she does have a driver. So she is watched all the time. Right. So they're not like super concerned about it, but it's weird enough to like kind of raise some red flags essentially for her entire department. So Rosa's off living her life, but meanwhile, going on in town, um, murders, murders are happening. Um, 
I honestly can't remember exactly what order murders happen in, and I don't think it really matters that much. But basically what's going on is that there, um, there's been multiple murders in town. And so these two police detectives, Tulin and Hess, Hess isn't normally from the area. He's from Poland, but he's like, he was visiting and then he got let go from the Poland police, I think. And so they just told him to stay here and help with the case because they needed help something like that. He's got some weird employment thing going on. So he's not like normally part of this police department. He's a new character for everybody else. They don't know him. Um, and then Tulin is the other, she's the primary detective police person, but until so she's been in the murder department for a while. And she's actually, uh, when we first meet her trying to go ask to be moved to another department because she was like, nothing happens. <laughs> it's so boring. But then these murders start happening. Ugh, she brought like, it upon the team. It's all her. Fault. Right. It's like the very opening of every like law and order uh, like SVU, they're like, yeah. oh, nothing ever happens. And it's then so dies. quiet today. So murder, murder, murder. Yeah, exactly. So I'm sure she just like immediately felt like she ate those words. So she like goes and like has a little chat with like the prime minister guy who kind of brushes her off. And then she immediately gets called to go check out a murder. Great. Awesome. So um, she goes to the murder scene and it's bloody. It's gross. I'm not going to get into it. Um, I can't remember if this person is or not. It doesn't really matter. A lot of the people are missing hands, the murdered people are missing hands. So there's kind of like a signature going on. But also that's notable is that there's a chestnut man hanging at the murder scene. Like just one of those little chestnut men. And so like they don't really notice it on like on the first one, like they see the chestnut man, you know, they it's like whatever it seems weird. I think that like a kid lived there or something. But when they do a second pass by of the um like all of the stuff because they're kind of running into a dead end, right? They're like, okay, who's murdering him? I have no idea. Um, <clears throat> they decide to fingerprint the little chestnut man because they're like, well, maybe the kid was right because the son of the lady who had been murdered, there's a lot of like domestic issues going on. So like there are reasons that a lot of these people are murdered that you get into later. But basically the son was like, that chestnut man was not there yesterday. Like we mm. used to go to this park all the time because they don't find her at home, but she's in like a park. Okay. And um, he's like, no, like that- that was not there. Everyone was just like, oh, the kid doesn't remember anything. Like That's he's a kid. We should trust children sometimes. So I feel like you should at least look into it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, we don't have to go 100% on their word, but yeah, look into it at least. Kids have a different perception, but their first like instinct isn't usually to lie. That's some, that's a learned skill. Yeah. Um, so they decide after kind of running into a dead end and then having additional dead bodies that they need to figure out what's going on with the little chestnut man. And so they look in, they, they fingerprint the chestnut man and it's totally clean, except on the very bottom of the chestnut man is a fingerprint from the daughter, Rosa's missing daughter from over a year ago. Oh, so it's like, Hmm. Obviously there's something going on there. Uh So they kind of like go down this rabbit hole, right? Where they're like, okay, how could this, how could this have happened? They go and they talk to Rosa and her family. She has um, a son and a husband. So they go and talk to them about it. Obviously this inflates their hope. They're like, oh, you know, maybe she's alive. Like maybe something's going on, but the police end up deciding that because um, Christina, the daughter who is missing had at one point sold chestnut men on the corner. So like, that's like, there's a lot of chestnuts in the area, right? Like I was saying, it's mm-hmm. like a common thing. So her and her friend used to make chestnut dolls and then like sell them as like trinkets as like a lemonade stand in the okay. fall. That's what they would do. Yeah. And so they decided that like, it's plausible enough that in this area, it's close enough. Somebody could have gotten it from her mm-hmm. a year ago, you know, when she did it last time. Like, I think it's a little bit of a reach and I probably would have looked into that a little further, well, but I understand. The only fingerprint. 
exactly like that's if there has been like other fingerprints and her fingerprint I think I'd be more willing to believe that aside but if that's the only one like I think that was weird too right yeah. I was like but nobody else touched it if how it, did it get there did it it float? was in a public space Is it magic how or and even if that like why would other fingerprints of hers not even be on it like if yeah, she made one, it would you not have found yeah one fingerprint like how do you one fingerprint a thing I don't know I feel like the police dismissed it really quickly but I also understand that they have murders and them pursuing a case that they've considered closed because they have someone who has confessed to the that murder that is right that's right I keep forgetting that I think that's right I keep forgetting because that does make more He's sense confessed. Okay. okay so they're like well it doesn't make any sense um they do kind of they don't like directly reopen her case because most people especially like the police commissioner are not willing to say that like maybe they got it wrong right Mm -hmm. because like there's those those politics at play where they're like oh my god we couldn't have got it wrong like that's not okay like that can't be what's going on here and so each of the murders that they find like there are reasons so like like i said there's a lot of domestic issues mostly at play here where like you would find out that um one of the murdered ladies was like leaving her husband and then another one there was like uh, allegations of child abuse so it looks like that there was actually like an abuse theme going on for all of the murdered people so they dig into kind of all of these different like little things that seem to be connecting the people but they can't find any like one big thing other than the fact that at every single one there's a chestnut man and um so they do eventually realize that like back in 80 which was that prologue that this had happened before right so pieces kind of start to come together and i really don't want to tell you stuff but basically there's a lot of jumping between people and them all running around and trying to figure out where each of these little things lead they um there's like a red herring couple who like had been burned by rosa but for um like a reason that wouldn't really like it would make sense for them to be like Christina's murderer but they don't find any evidence that like she was they were part of that like mm-hmm. so there's a lot of like little things where like people were involved in each of these like atrocities or crimes but they weren't necessarily involved in the whole big picture because there's mm-hmm. a lot of people who like they committed like more minor infractions along the way or had played some role but they weren't like the chestnut man like they weren't the one yeah. murdering everybody like yeah this guy like abused his family and this guy did all these other things but like they're not the perpetrator. Yeah, but that's all so, they did. They they aren't like pulling all the strings. They're not the mastermind right. of it. Right. And so like some people, it was a convenient excuse. Like, oh, there's a chestnut man murdering. So we can just use that to try to cover what I need to do. Yeah, let so, me go ahead and kill my wife with the chestnut man. Yeah. So they go down a lot of those like <laughs> windy roads, which makes it really hard to follow. Like I said, as far mm-hmm. as like where everybody is, especially because there's so many of them. So like they find out that like the chestnut type that was used at the dolls, the uh at the murder scenes was not the same chestnut type of the dolls that christina used to make dolls with so they try to find like could she have gathered these chestnuts no probably not they're extinct in this area so like hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like it's like all of this like what the heck is going on and like how do we figure out like where to go next there are obviously a handful of like key players who do contribute to the end goal um one of the things that i didn't really love is that they kind of they tell us who it is at like three quarters of the way through. Oh. So like three quarters of the way through, like the author just tells you pretty much. Like there are some clues kind of like they try to lead you to it, but they basically just straight up tell you because you start getting paragraphs from that person's perspective. And so like, it's really interesting though. Like it, it robs you of that. Like, oh, I figured it out on the last page, like who did it? But you get to see like 
then the perpetrator like heading towards that end point and then all of the other main characters like kind of converging at the same time so like you basically get to watch all these characters like collide at the very end and like see how that all plays out That's so like cool. the dynamics are pretty cool um yeah i really can't tell a lot of details because each thing leads to another little thing that like mm -hmm. leads to the big thing and so i don't want to tell you anything but basically I mean, obviously Rosa had her child taken, so she's a focal point of this. And so something happened in her childhood and connects her with all of these other things. And so they explain like who the chestnut man is, why he did that was, was a wild ride. Um, I feel like I saw some of it coming just because of the fact that they did disclose who the person was, right? Like mm -hmm. I didn't really expect it to be that person though. I will say, even though they did reveal it at like okay. three quarters of the way through, I did not think it was going to be them. I figured it was going to be somebody totally different. Mm -hmm. So that was good. Still. Yeah. Still was surprised, but uh, yeah, it was a good journey other than the fact that like every now and then it was very graphic with like cutting people's hands off. And I did not love that. All of a sudden it would just took a turn. Yeah. That's what mine did. Like we were out here having basically a beautiful little brunch. And then the next sentence, somebody is getting yeah. things shoved into their body parts against yeah. their will and you're just like uh, yeah um, what where yeah, were we? Then, we were just off here having a lovely evening and yeah. now and then you just jump right back to lovely or it'll be like started like that too is the thing yeah. like it started off with a graphic murder and then it started off with torture and then right after that there was like a very graphic morning sex scene and i was like yeah really like, they just wanted you to know what you were getting into because mine waited I mind, I think it was probably about like a third of the way before you have the first really graphic where I went, oh, I see what they're saying. I feel like the wow, sex like, wasn't even like relevant though, is the thing. Like, yeah. I'll have to go back and listen to it again now that like I understand who all of the characters are because I think at the time I was just like, two people are sexing. Yeah. Um, I'll have to go back and listen. But like, it didn't even like add to anything. I don't really remember it circling back. Maybe it was one of the people that was supposed to be like, um, doing infidelity so maybe that was it maybe oh. i have to go check the connection but mm -hmm. i just thought it was interesting i was like nah, yeah a lot of mine like the first bit of the really dark sexual shit didn't other than like making this character have like not necessarily a soft spot but like they want to like ultimately like, they won't give up on a case because of it kind of a mm -hmm. thing but other than that like it didn't do anything really to the story i didn't right. feel like you're like okay yeah sure it's there i probably could have been fine without it yeah, I, I was like know. sex for sex's sake, I, which whatever. Yeah. If you want that mm -hmm. to be part of your story, that's fine. I'm not like mad about it or anything. It did like set I the said, scene of back. it. Yeah, and it did set the scene of it being dark as all hell. Book, I guess, is like, yeah, so they did that. I don't know. It wasn't even like a dark sexual encounter. It was oh. just like they woke up in the morning and she wanted it, so they did it. And I was like, okay, mm -hmm. cool. It's nice. I think later she like rejects him for something, and I was like, wow, that was super relevant to circle back to. <laughs> yeah, Thanks for that. But uh, I think overall, I'm going to give it like like four out of five, just because it was so meandering. It did make it really hard to track later mm -hmm. on. Like some of the chapters were really long too. And so I'm like, I don't even know what day it is. I don't even remember what happened. Like, so it was a little long, but I will blame some of that on like the translations. Yeah, that is harder, especially when it's, we don't do a lot of translation. I'm definitely going to watch the show though, even though I know who done it. I'm still yeah, going to watch the show. Who knows? The show might change it, you know? Right. They like to take liberties whenever they want. They do. So. Yeah. Solid. Yeah. I feel like these are some good ones to end the year on, you know, really dark kind the of graphic ones disturbing. to end the year on, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, next one, we could pick lighter books in the next one. Cause I think we have what debut authors next yes, episode. We do. Yeah. So be sure to come back next year. 
for those. We want to thank everyone, you know, for listening to us this year. We appreciate and love all of you. Our socials are Instant Pastor Grant Bedtime on Instagram and IIPYB underscore pod on the Twitters. You can also check out our website, isn't it past your bedtime.com to see what's in the archive and what's coming up next. But yeah, everyone stay safe this year. We appreciate you and we'll talk at you next year. Bye. Bye.